Welcome back to class, everybody. I am your chillinest professor, Ethan. And I am your very underrested professor, Ricky. Yeah, you went to a little festy, huh? I went to the, my first live musical event in a very long time, and it was a camping one, too. So I kind of forgot how, for lack of a better term, kind of shitty, shitty camping, camping can be. Yeah. It sucks. It's, it's not great. I was definitely sleeping on the ground. It, Which I, is terrible. I was underprepared. I feel like as I get older, I need more equipment to camp comfortably. It's yeah, not yeah. just like a sleeping bag anymore. It just doesn't cut it. It's clear. I'm telling you, it doesn't cut it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I mean, there's just so much that can go wrong with camping, right? Like, yeah. you could be on an area that just, like, has roots everywhere, and you're like, well, this is gonna suck. Yeah, and, like, basically had to find the, the spot that, even if this spot was adequate, it's still the ground. <laughs> and it's, like, late spring, early summer, so fire ants everywhere everywhere like my, this is the worst i woke up and it was just like a daddy long leg convention on the outside <laughs> like, of what are my, we gonna do here yeah and it was you know just chilling with the boys me and 72 other daddy long legs no big deal yeah um but it was it was fun i i have to admit i was very uh i was missing missing music festivals those missing concerts and stuff so at least that part of it was super fun and everyone was super friendly so i mean it uh no crazy events this year. The last time I went, uh, some guy got very belligerently uh, inebriated and was just making ruckuses at everyone's ca- campsites and just classic, just just some typical festival BS, you know. But yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> it's gotten me. I wouldn't. It kind of my bones are tired. The fit the the. The skeletal system is even tired. I could feel it. My guess is you just didn't get enough sleep. It wasn't. Even if I did, Zero it was... recuperation. Right, right. And it's... uh, Even if I did get sleep, it wasn't good sleep. Because I keep... And I feel like people kind of glorify camping in their own mind. Like, yes, the outdoors. I get to just wake up, you know, and just the great view of nature when I wake up. Reality sinks in very quickly when you rest your head down on, in, your, <laughs> in your tent. Um, I, I just didn't have the equipment. So next year I'm going to go full hog, the air mattress, the bigger tent full. I'm just going to bring an RV. Screw it. I'm buying an RV. <laughs> <laughs> You're on notice camp world. Yeah, I'll be there. With no, I gear. think like a raised cot is like the only way I could even like potentially start feeling okay. Right. And just because like, I don't like bugs at all. I don't like all, any of them. Get rid of all of them and I'd be happy except for the world collapsing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the entire ecosystem of everything just yeah. fails. <laughs> and, uh, you know, speaking of surviving mm-hmm. out in nature. Good segue. <laughs> I like it. Thanks. I got to pick up the the, uh, the segue the slack, segue slack <laughs> when, uh, you know, I'm driving the episode this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we are talking about season two of promised neverland of course season one was 2019 yes one of my top three favorite shows of that year it was that it was that season one was absolutely spectacular unbelievable yeah but if you've been on the internet at all yeah you can kind of there's some heat there's some heat coming from this season right and it's i and we've kind of talked about a little bit beforehand and i think we have like a fairly solid like basic premise as to why it didn't get received very well yeah but i kind of want to like go through sort of the acts of this part of the show right or of, of second season yeah because there's kind of like three i think pretty distinct acts there are and again up top there's going to be spoilers for both seasons because oh, it's it's extremely important. yeah <laughs> it's important to get the context from the very end of season one and where we are now in this season because I think that plays a huge role into kind of maybe the the core nugget of issue here with yeah. uh, with what's wrong with this season. So I mean, where do we, we where do we start? They 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 did the deed. They galaxy brain their way out of the out of the farm, right? Yeah, it picks up like immediately after they've left Gracefield, um, and they're running through the woods, being chased by pursuers. Pursuers, a good way to put it. Yeah, well, um, it's literally what they call them like a million times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, they are eventually caught up with. Yes, because they're little freaking kids. Yeah, they're children. Um, but they are ended up saved by a mysterious force. And this is where I. 
kind of what you were saying when you were going through it and watching it, the first four or five episodes, you're like, I don't see what... Yeah, this no, isn't so bad. This isn't so bad. I mean, the, the show's allure with, I'd say, most people is basically these kids kind of on the extreme back foot against this imposing societal force of the way the world is, right? Right. And that made it, that that's to me is what made it engaging for me. How are they going to get out of this next one, right? Kept asking myself. And the, and the way they did was always very engaging and it was very rewarding to see them because everything felt so incredibly earned for these kids, right? Yeah, and I think it, it, it really helped that they had a lot of bounds on them. Yes. Right? Because yeah. like when they're out in nature, it's kind of like, well, why didn't you just go around? Or <laughs> yeah, why don't like, you just go this way? Like, why are you putting yourselves in these weird scenarios? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyway, so they're saved. And there, there's a scene there that I wanted to kind of talk about. Sure. Because I, I was trying to put together the story and figure out what exactly happened mm-hmm. here. Because a lot of it was like, like random shit just happens, it feels like. And then, you know, okay, anyway. So they they find these two wandering demons who are like supposedly nice to them. They're good, they're good boys and gals. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, Mujika and Sanju. I love Sanju. And they teach them how to hunt, they teach them how to survive, whatever. And then they show them to the B06, which is mm-hmm. this uh, map from this pen that they have. <laughs> from the. Which author. I don't even recall at all. I, I don't remember them ever having that either. I don't recall it, but well, did, whatever. It definitely wasn't in season one, right? apparently I, I, it was okay i missed that entirely because i don't know if i missed it or just like didn't register as being important right right, right. so anyway <laughs> they they got this effing pen and they they know where to go to a shelter that's safe so they go there and then these you know the pursuers send in human like uh commandos to fuck their shit up like hard so <laughs> yeah. my question was I don't know if you recall exactly, but there was a scene when um, uh, Emma was being chased by a big nasty thing. Yes. Ray was being chased by like four of the pursuer things. Right. And then the rest of the kids were being taken away by Don and Gilda. So like they were trying to break it up and, you know, distract him for the right, yeah, distract. Yeah. And then Ray's writing on this tree like B06 pursuers. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. So did he like straight up tell them where their freaking hideout is on accident? That is that is what that's what I thought. I couldn't figure out if they knew about this hideout separate or if he straight up told them where they were on accident. I think it was more probably of a panic move to tell them like this is where we're going. Yeah, yeah. For the right eyes, right? The right, right individuals. Exactly. But uh, uh, why wouldn't he not have known? But that- they, they literally were all standing around huddling right in front of, right before this all happened, talking about going to B06. Yes. So why the fuck would you need to write it down? <laughs> you literally just talked about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I, I'm trying I was to- just baffled. I was I, like, I know. what is happening? A lot of, so I guess that scene amongst others is kind of problem number one, I think with this season is- there is a lot of proactivity of the kids in season one. They made a plan. They followed through with said plan. There were a lot of moments where they had to pivot and react. But it's kind of like you said, shit was just randomly not just happening to these kids in this season, but also like information was being thrown in them from every direction. Yeah. I felt discombobulated. Like, 100%. Very, very. It was wh- like that Sherlock's home scene. Yes. Discombobulation. 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 And it was just, it was just a, a torrent of information. And right. I think they were more reacting more than they're being proactive because it's a really fine line that season one walked that I really enjoyed that elevated their strengths, but also, you know, everything felt like a moonshot, but they kept winning. And that was really fun to see. There's no necessarily moonshot in this season. I mean, I I don't know. I think the whole season was like beyond a moonshot because they're just like, I'm going to change the world. And it's like, oh my God. Right. Go. Is that really what you want to be doing? Do you not just want to like survive, please? It did. It did. Sh- it was tough to get behind that as like their plan because it's like, it just seems so not like yeah. realistic for a bunch of kids who just escaped like a slaughterhouse farm essentially to be like, nah, by the way, demons are good or Exa- not all demons are bad. Exactly. And that's a very like, whoa, you you 
you don't know enough about this world to make that kind it's of exa- thing, there was, right? That's what I'm saying. There's like no info for these kids. And they're like, I guess all these people aren't that bad. It's like, what? Right. As, so we were, we were kind of bombarded with events and information, <laughs> yeah. but none of, none of that, none of those things made the conclusions they came to justified. Right. I was they, like, what? They is were going not being on? fed these. And if anything, they were being fed a lot of, a lot of shit. Like, demons do eat people they have to do this and we find out why is to kind of keep them from reverting into that beast-like state and the ones that don't get their food and get their fix they turn into those crazy forest demons so they turn into uh you know mindless right actual demons as they know them um so in the face of that they're like nah they're all good well it's just weird so they meet two good ones quote unquote right which i have a big problem with uh sanju in a minute but okay so they meet two good ones and then they're like i guess i don't want all of them to die and that extends to like every other demon apparently and it's like wait a minute exactly so (laughs) wait a second you you were given example of the contrary not all demons are bad sure but same with people like human beings are the exact same way so i I mean I don't I don't know you're right it just like yeah but I will say uh, just you know to be devil's advocate not frequently am I being eat potentially eaten by other humans so uh that's a bit of a stretch but I'll give you that point yeah, I'll yeah. give you that point um, <laughs> but yeah so I mean these kids are kind of roaming around this demon world kind of covertly right but it what I wanted to see was these kids again against all odds finding their way to big brain themselves into safety. That's cool. What you had here was they were, they seemed like they weren't on the back foot. If anything, they were very much on the front foot. They were somehow way more equipped than I think they should have been for combating this world to even have aspirations of saving the human and demon relationship societally. That's, that's batshit to me. Like, right? Yeah, it did not, it did not compute well at all. It, Frankly, that aspiration and and like basically Emma's whole character this season was literally unbearable. Yeah, what was what what happened here? What is it? Just her hopeful. They took her foolishness like, They and, took her like optimistic like kindness from season one, which we didn't care about because she was applying it to her family. Yes, and, and then she was sense. applying it to like literally her enemies, her natural enemies, and it's like. Okay, this is like such a Naruto talk no jutsu type thing, yeah. except for to the billionth like upteenth like percentage mm-hmm. and like worse like i i you know i didn't see too much out of emma this season that was like wow she's so smart she's so strong she's so fast like that's the difference between season 1 and season 2 first we had an actual face enemy which yes. is mama yeah which incredible knew, villain right we yeah. knew who was the villain yes. that was the first thing right and then two we got to see the aspects of each child that made them special Yes, yeah, yeah, Ray Norman's big brain planning, Ray's just raw intelligence computationally, and then Emma kind of it's you that the way you put it was very good is because her almost like uh how do I put this? Her ideology to th- her own faults, right, of just caring and not compromising in the frame of saving her family tracks works. Right. No notes Perfect. brilliant, right. But now she has nowhere to necessarily aim that because her family is for better or worse fine right they they have completed the deed from season one and she still cares about her family but she's aimed that almost like obsessive ideology of non-compromising at the world at large yeah which is just it's asinine for a seven-year-old girl to be doing it's a scoping issue for sure like like and it tracks that's what's a little frustrating is because i can't dispute it because that is a natural progression of the kind of character Emma is, her foolhardy nature of just, I'm going to save everybody and fuck off if you tell me otherwise. Tracks always was, always has been, but she has nowhere to aim it. Like, she's goalless, I, right? I totally agree. Yeah. I think it's it's the aim. Like, instead of inward at her family, she just, like, blasted out at anything that'll listen. <laughs> Friendship blast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and... It, maybe it was that aimless aimlessness and it was the lack of bounds that really kind of did this season in because you when you had I think it's that, but it was a repetition of like boring things. Like yes. she could not shut up about like 
you know, putting all of the blame on herself. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, at a certain point, it's like, you guys are all living together. You guys are all trying to survive together. It's not just your fault if something goes wrong. Right. It was just, it was so like, I understand that's probably a thought that some people have, but like your options were escape with your family or your family gets eaten by demons. <laughs> it's like, not like, like door number one, door number two. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's door it. number two turns out not great that all your family gets eaten. Not so ideal. it's like not ideal, pretty reasonable option. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I was just like extremely frustrated with like her mindset really the entire time. I think Ray was a much better character this season because he wasn't like a cynical asshole, but he still like applied his analytical skills and stuff to like really her problems. And but I will say he didn't do much, which yeah. was annoying. And if you're noticing a lot of the agency in this season wasn't where it was in season one, right? The agency came from the kids taking up arms and taking action. They drive the story forward. Now that you're out in the real world, it seemed like the story drove them and they were just popping from place to place. There was this huge agency dynamic shift that, you know, why I was here for season one, that isn't here in season two. So you almost have to find other reasons why this show makes you stick around. And once you do that, you're starting to kind of pick it apart. Like, wait a minute, I this isn't the show I signed up for. At least not the one I watched in season one. Right. And part of that, like I said, is putting the squeeze on these kids. The world kind of putting the squeeze on them and and then letting them shine through that pressure. That is what makes this show hold up. And that's what made season one such a blast. They were putting the squeeze on the world, right? They knew the cure. They knew the societal systematic problems. And they decided, or at least Emma did, I'm going to change all this. I'm going to do this. Fine. But not not my show, not the one I wanted, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and once you got in the middle of the season, really started to go to shit a bit. And I'm trying to think of why. I I really do think that this entire issue really goes down to bounds, right? Like, yeah. Like the first season, they were really constricted and they had to find air, right? Yes. And what I will say is what, what we talked about in season one originally, I think it was episode one for us actually. Yeah, first podcast, episode, baby. Wow. We talked about this having a decent kind of parallel to uh, whatever that show is called, Death Maze or Maze? Uh, yeah. Maze Runner. Maze Runner, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they escaped the maze during the mo- first movie and then the second movie, they're sort of in a similar s- situation where right. they're, out in the, they're out in the uh, wilderness and they're being pursued. Weird but, how- but the difference was they actually like spent time showing them surviving, showing them rebuilding, showing them do things like that. And they tried to do that here, but they time skipped. And only the only reason we knew they time skipped was a throwaway line. Yeah, you're right. And, and two, a- like two asshole demons were walking by and they're like, those Gracefield kids have been missing for a year now. And yeah, now like, you that know. was it. So you've had all of this time just and it didn't feel like a, a needed time skip. Right. No. At all. Um, so what you said right there about like, you know, the Maze Runner parallel and the Maze Runner, them being out and kind of rebuilding for themselves rather in this season for Promised Neverland, you have the aspiration of a human world to be f- to be found. Right. So they do kind of have a goal, but these time skips and meandering. I mean, to be honest, it's like scarily similar, like story wise. Yeah. The the difference is there's humans outside in the wasteland in death in uh, Maze Runner. Yeah. And there is not supposedly. Well, I guess sort of, but there isn't really in in this story. Right. And I think that I kind of could tell what they're doing they're dangling the carrot in front of the kids like there is a human world out there you can go to there and be safe as long as you go beyond the wall cool kind of trying to re like reconstruct the bounds that maybe they almost realized like oh shit we gave them a little bit too much leash like we need to we need to yank them back we need to give them a purpose and an aim but it, it felt we never got to see it i never felt personally connected to this human world enough to want to go there uh but I don't know. It's just I don't know. I I feel like that was a better goal than changing the demon world. But that's what I, that's what I'm saying, right? Is that despite having that, 
re-entry of a little bit of purpose-driven storytelling, you have Emma hard pivoting like, nope, fuck that. I'm not going there. Instead, I'm going to change the whole world. Sue me, like, right? Uh, okay. Cool, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe that maybe that was part of it. And I don't think that I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing inherently to have her want to do that because that is Emma as a character. That's who she's always been. But I don't know. I'm here now for different reasons than I started. Maybe I'm not exactly a fan of that because I just, it just doesn't make sense to me because you're not saving your family. You're like abandoning that quest to go back and get Phil to go save this, save this world instead. Or, you know what I mean? Like I thought, you know, when Norman rejoins and his plan was essentially like kill off enough to where we can create our own world here. That's a solid plan. Right. I I was actually down for that. I... I was going to wait till you brought up Norman because I actually had a big problem with him being reintroduced. I knew it was happening, right? But he didn't get milked per se. Like, we yes, thought. yeah, exactly. He didn't get milked, but kind of um, <laughs> he <got laughs> mentally milked. Yeah, he got poked and prodded a bit for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, but his reentry kind of elevated the what I was upset about. And that's that back foot versus front foot. Who's in control here? They literally are discussing changing the world in such a way that they have the actual power to make that happen. Right. They're talking about it that way. So that whole dynamic relationship changed world versus kids. It's now the kids from before, like in season one, they had no idea the the world outside was an imposing force, but they found a way out anyway and still decided to go out in there engaging, entertaining, awesome. Now they're discussing the same world that was this big, bad world that they couldn't really kind of wrap their head around entirely. Now they're discussing what ways we should change the world. Not if, how. That that, that power dynamic is a huge swing. Like these kids now have that kind of sway or at least talk like they do. No, I don't. I didn't see it. But the show gave them the tools, which, again, makes it not what I started let me ask you this question. Yeah. Did it feel like the most half-hearted attempt to regain those children? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, you find out there's, like, a bajillion demons. They have freaking UMP-45 yeah. machine guns. They got MP5s. They got all this shit. There's a billion mamas. There's like, a billion mamas. And they send, like, seven guys out to go find these, like, supposedly super precious children. Yeah. I... I still like they got away so easy. If they you got really away from a it. lot of stuff really easily. And I, I remember and anyone s- they couldn't get away from. They talk no jutsu. Dude. They did. Yes. The, the old Naruto trick. Believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I still the theory that I had at the end of our first ever episode about this season one is I think this might be an overarching test. A test within a test. Right. Escaping the farm was just the first step which would kind of track with how easily they seem to get away from all this shit. The half-hearted attempt that in contact with the demons, you know, they should have been dead 20 times over. Yeah. But they aren't. And I wonder if there is this kind of saving the world could be what this simulation is kind of setting them up to do. We need to raise someone who could actually pull this off, which maybe they just gave a reason why they'd have this crazy... To be Again, honest, total headcanon, total headcanon. No, no, no. I yeah. think I think that's a way to fix this. Yeah, right. Because then you say, okay, all of these are. This could be like sort of um, what was that stupid show from Hulu? Uh, you're gonna have to be more specific, buddy. <laughs> uh, last year. Okay. Godals. Oh. Were the enemies? Oh. Um. She didn't have an arm, but she wanted to be like a decadence. That's it. Oh, hey, I like decadence. Where like there's. <laughs> No, no, no. Well, I, but I get, what, I get what you're saying. I get, but they're I get doing this like simulation inside. All these things are just like yes. kind of a game. Right. What if, right, like to fix this story. Yeah. Because right now it's a mess, right? It's a bit of a mess, yeah. But <laughs> fix this story. All of these demons aren't really demons. They're just like some simulation or something like that. And you're trying to find out of all these kids, which ones are going to first escape and then secondly, going to do enough to get to the other world. Yes, and I think... And then those guys are instantly put into a 
uh, milking mi- machine. <laughs> no, like a uh, I don't know some military unit, and then they're gonna go attack the real demons. Like that would be wild. I think yes. Motive wise, I could see the opposite too. Is that these demons actually do have an epidemic on their hands, right? Their need for human blood and brains to keep them civil and sane and sentient, even. Um, they are seeing that we need another way around this, right? Because humans are becoming a limited resource. We right. need we need people who, in the face of the current world, how would they go about fixing it? That all and that would all track really, really well. Um, and again, earth earth shattering twist. I think everyone would be really engaged by that. Like, oh, that's why they got away from this, and oh, that's why that this was kind of a half assed attempt. You know, it's just to simulate, but they want to see their thinking is what they actually want. Um. That is a way. I think that'd be an interesting way to. And fix I thought this. we might get that with the lambda shit. Yes, right. Because yeah, there's right. this like we find out. Oh yeah, there's actually another group outside of all this. I'm like, well, what the fuck is going Was on? Was that not very Deus Ex Machina shit to you? Like the lambda shit. It I'm was, s- but it also made sense. Like somebody is definitely like doing something for these farms, right? Yeah, like, right, right. So like, how do we get the meat overall to be a higher quality every time? Right. Can yeah, all- I mean. They can't all be norms. Right. They can't all be raised, right? Um, because they got to find a way to make that work. Um, remind me again how he was augmented. In what particular way Norman was augmented? He wasn't. So he, okay, the only right. thing he had was drugs done to given him administered. Right, right. And then okay. they just gave him like test after test after test with like increasing difficulty every time, and he would just completely ace every single. Yeah. How one do of you them. upgrade perfection anyway? Right. How do you? I how mean, do you, it, <laughs> can't be done. Can't be done. Um. But yeah, I mean, really, I actually liked that one episode they did on that. Like, it was mm-hmm. only like half an episode. I think it was episode eight. They showed yep. like him going to Lambda, or actually him leaving the house, him getting taken in by uh, Ratri. Yeah. And then going to Lambda, doing all the tests, and then blowing the shit out of Lambda. I felt like that was fulfilling for as short a time as they showed it. Yeah. And uh, again, I like, I did like that bit, but. Norman's reintroduction into the group, um, it kind of put a period on the the power dynamic shift that I was talking about. He went, we went from these kids having to scheme to him being able to blow up a fucking lab by himself or with a with the with a small crew. Right? He can orchestrate that. Was he always this way? If so, I feel like the house would have been a bit of an easier situation. Right? Yeah. I, well, I think the difference was in season one, they only found out about this stuff like really in the last four episodes or whatever. Yeah, right. right? Like, like we got to get out kind of scenario. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. Um, of course, we knew about it in episode one. Right. But they didn't really like all know that everyone else knew until gotcha. way, yeah. way later in the season, right? right? Like, like if they were just trying to escape themselves, they could have, I would imagine, early. But the plan yeah. to get everyone else out. And somehow get them to understand that Mama is not such a good girl. Mm-mm. Like I, I thought that was going to be pretty tough for them to do, um, you know. But yeah, this this guy's like a freaking commando uh, assassin guy can blow up anything apparently. Right. So we're no longer on the back foot. The world is no I longer. I didn't mind pu- them not being on the back foot. I just think they played it so terribly. Like yeah. what I was expecting. This is my personal headcanon of what I thought was going to happen. Okay. After episode five or whatever, when they were in the shelter, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, now what they're going to do is they're going to do a time skip. They're going to show them like basically grizzled like war vets. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Going out and just like guerrilla warfaring all these, these demons. Yeah. Right. And then I was going to, I was thinking, okay, now they're going to go hit another uh, farmhouse. What I didn't know is that all the farms were in one little tiny area. Yeah. They're all I right thought, there. I thought there since there was Lambda two two five seven eight whatever laboratory. I thought I there was like so many right all the way around, but it turns huh. out there's only like five farms <laughs> and like a few Lambda facilities. Seems like not a very self sustaining process. If this is the yeah. if this is their food source, you would think there'd be more, right? And I gotta say, I mean, I know this is something you just have to be okay with as a, as a story, but. The amount of humans that were okay with watching little children get eaten in front of them and just be like okay yeah. with it was way yeah. too unbelievable. I, I and maybe it's just because uh, the way I reconciled that it's 
the world's been this way for so long, so they're kind of really desensitized to this shit. I don't um, know who gets desensitized by people, little babies and little kids get eaten by a nasty demon. Which is, which is again, why my reconciliation with that concept is not, not ideal for me at all, because it's very easily disputed. Like, it's still kids. They're still eating them right in front of them. Or they have, like, can- canisters of kid heads. It's like, what is going on yeah, here? Weird. Um, but yeah, I, I did, I did really like, you know, to to give it some high points. I like the demon society and the way they flushed that out. That was cool. It made sense why they need humanity and why they need to eat them. That does track. Um, but I, I just maybe the whole uh, like craving thing. I was, if it was more medicinal, sure. But these demons needed to eat humans. At least that's what it looked like from. Uh, Sanji's and the the demon girls perspective. Yeah, Mujika, I believe. Mujika, yeah, yeah. But it was it was dumb. It was like the 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 hunger was only related to the fact that they were degenerating. So like they needed to eat. But then you know, Sanju and Magica help all the kids out in episode four, and they're like, "All right, go on and live in the wasteland. Nobody will mess with you." And then they walk away and. Sanju goes to Mujika and I'm like, he's like, I want them to breed and like create wild children so I can go eat them then because then (laughs) then hunting's legit. And then like, I was like, okay, good. This is what we expect. We expect expect characters to have two faces constantly. We expect Mm -hmm. people to be assholes in this show. Right. And then we find out later that he's just like down to help forever. It's like, what? Yeah, I, I, they don't like. They don't, why add that even if if you're gonna not ever make good on that promise? Yeah, exactly. Because they don't they don't follow through right. on any of that. It would have been engaging to see him snap, and while he's trying to help, he was kind of wrestling with his own internal, you know, instincts and his um, sentient nature, whatever. But or again, they'd be like, "Where'd little Dominic go?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Was he the was he the the tasty one or the gross one? I mean, I <laughs> uh, think I saw him in the woods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was going that way. I don't know where he went. <laughs> but yeah, so that that might be another thing. I didn't really put in the words that they they set a lot of stuff up and they didn't really follow through on any of them. They kind of fizzled instead of bang. Right. Um. I mean, Emma's the main problem this season for sure. You think so? Yeah. I mean, her allegiance just like it shifts every five seconds. And it's fine to say, I don't want to annihilate all of them, whatever, but her goal should have been to leave then. You know what I mean? Like, right. it doesn't make sense to say, well, just kidding. I'm going to change this world I know nothing about. I know nothing about the demon hierarchy. Right. So when it felt like she's biting off more than she can chew by saying, I'm coming back and I'm going to get all of you guys. That, that felt fine because like we said, it is in... Uh, it's in service to helping her family. And that's always been a character thing. Now she's biting off more than she can chew. And really it seems like again, an, a hollow promise, right? Right. I'm going to save the world. I'm not going to eat these kids. I'm going to help them. Or I want to eat these kids at some point, (laughs) but how do we eat these kids? How do we eat these kids? (laughs) Um, I don't know. A little butter basting and some salt, but who's, who's counting, but you're right. They keep setting up this stuff and all the promises that this, you know, promise Neverland season two, they set them up and they never follow through on them. And it, it it's kind of bums out because I think it just didn't feel like they fully explained anything enough to where it would feel genuine for these these opinions to switch. Right. Like that guy comes in. Valak. Yeah. To the evil blooded girl's temple. Mm-hmm. And just because he mentions that there's like kid demons, all of a sudden she's like, wait, they have families. It's like, right. You have three interactions that were either neutral or good with demons. And then you have this entire period of your life where it's like you, you were forgot, being bred to be eaten. It's, by like, these. it's like you forgot Connie. Yeah. Like, how dare you forget about Connie, Emma? Right. Like literally like you like, how could you forget all of that? It, you're right. It's not, it makes logical sense that she would come to this conclusion in some respect, but the speed and conviction by which she does it felt incredibly unnatural, right? Yeah. Even for someone as idealistic as Emma still, and Ray, 
you know, kind of letting her do this? Like, so what I've been thinking about Ray is his like goal this season is to just like, like not go against the grain. His goal is to just stay together with the family. Stick the course. Right. Yeah. And whoever comes up with a dumb, dumb shit idea, he's just going to help them no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And of course that's going to be Emma. Uh-huh. They like seem to have borderline elected her as like the leader here. Sort of. Yes. Which I think is ridiculous because she did not show good leadership skills in the first season for probably 90% of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like her, her, like at the end she was very good, but she was like, I wouldn't say leaders should be as idealistic as her because then you lose some of the realism that making tough choices comes, comes to bear. But the problem with this show is she makes a choice and never has to deal with any consequences for that. Yes. Like thank none. You. She had no consequences all season long. Right. And for a show that seemed to be at least season one, really care, make you care about the ramifications of people's decision-making. Um, they they kind of put that to the wayside in season two. So, you know, it, another another promise I don't feel like they followed through enough on was the author. Was it Minerva? Was was Lilia Minerva? <laughs> I was so engaged by this char- this mystery character slipping in information through books, and oh, what a brilliant concept! And then, like, okay, you have we have someone on the outside. Then you felt like this author was just kind of like the fill-in answer for every like kind of weird mystery thing, like literally guided them exactly where they have to go every single time. They felt strung along on leashes pulled by this Minerva. Author. Yeah. And they weren't discovering new things now, right? They were just being toted. Like, come along, kids. Go to the go to the base. Follow the follow this. Follow that. Um I don't know. I wanted more out of that. I didn't really mind that so much because I think like him writing all those books, explaining like, you know, each of the the wildlife in that area too, yeah. and like giving them little hints throughout all these books at like how to survive outside, and then hearing the story at the end of how that all happened, I thought was fairly solid. Uh, I, yeah. I didn't really have any issues. One massive issue I did have with the Rotary Bros was, if you recall, there's a scene near the end where Peter has his brother killed. They're That's in right. a fucking city. And they don't ever explain where is this city? Where is that city at? With Why people, does it look like people. a human city? Yeah, right. With a shitload of humans, and then now we're in this world, and the only humans we see are Rotri and a shitload of girls. Yep. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. And like, they, what is going on? I, I, I like the idea of Rotri's character. It would make sense that someone like him, with the casualties that he's kind of had, to, like undergo would ex- obviously exist in this world yeah i wanted maybe them to introduce him just a little earlier so i had more time to care when the when the other shoe dropped at the end and i could tell when he was just like bye bye kids like he's out he i wanted i, I was like man i i wish i would have been with him a little longer i think this would have landed a lot better if i got a little bit more time with him or they just kind of gave more flesh to his story right yeah um because I, I like the character, but uh, I just they just gave him to me, gave him to me a little too quick. It was kind of like the Mugen Train issue where they gave me Rogoku and then like I, I wanted to really care, but there wasn't enough of him yet right. for me to make me, me to care. So um, good character though. I I, I did I mean, like him. There's very few characters this season I actually liked. I like I wanted a lot of them to just die. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. Um, I including like, Emma. Yeah. So here's my like morbid theory thing so what i thought was going to happen is they were going to open that door to the human world and you know how it was like all bright and whatever yeah i thought they were all going to walk out and then as the door was closing you know there's the three that stay behind with all those other ones yeah you just see a big fucking arm go by and wipe all (laughs) of the family away that would have been insane and then you're like okay yeah Uh, into this world yes this and that's that's what they needed. They, they needed, needed a little a hopeless. They need a little hopelessness. They needed one yeah. of these little kids to get eaten. Yes, <laughs> right. And then, and they then one of these little kids get munched real I mean, quick. You, no, you're right. And and here's and here's the thing. Right, is once we got that in season one in a oh, platinum status level. Right, that when when that moment dropped, that was unlike 
anything I had ever experienced in anime. Maybe not in a very, very long time, but it added stakes, right? Like instantly gave you a reason to care. Right. And they did it perfectly with almost no words, you know? Like, you know what you know what's at stake. The kids know there's a timeline for this. We know the villain is Ma because she was clearly like, uh, wait a minute, someone was here. Um and, and all that all that stuff. So like masterclass, no notes, brilliant. This season, like you said, we weren't the stakes were inherent, but they weren't like explicit enough, I guess. Like not not in a not in a graphic kind of way, more like literally what are they combating against? And it's just just society too fuzzy. So fuzzy, right? Well, I think uh they struggled a lot because they showed them being hungry and we were supposed to care about that. We're like, okay, mm-hmm. they don't have supplies, whatever. Yeah. But then it's like, seems like every time they needed food, manna from God would just fly down to them. It'd be those fish. It'd be birds migrating. It'd be, you know, this and that that <laughs> always popped up. The world provideth. Yeah. Right. And then there was one scenario where they almost got eaten in the demon town. Yeah. You know, Tama and Lennon. Alanian. Yeah, and that was that was a good scene. But then they get saved. Yeah, right. Like divine providence will not let these kids get eaten. I think that's what we needed a little bit more hopelessness, right? Yes. I want to see because that like what in I, the face of that. Truly what I wanted was like them to form like a guilty crown version, like guerrilla warfare. Ray was either going to be a tyrant or Emma was. Something was going to happen to make these fuckers get serious. Yeah, right. But they felt like they were having too much fun the entire time. <laughs> and this is supposed to be like a, a stone world you're surviving in against demons. Like, right. why is it so fun? They were having way too much fun. Why are you kids laughing and smiling? It was too much. It was too much happy. Too much happy to go around. Yeah, so I think we already talked about it. If we could fix this, add some stakes make um you know kind of the way that it's being told now the world seems kind of out of whack from what we what we thought it would be if there was a larger narrative that these kids are being tested in that'd be pretty cool um but again, exactly how to stakes, fix this actually. stakes yeah so you know how they're listening to the radio and they hear all these houses saying like all these kids mm-hmm. why didn't they try that ploy earlier like like basically less than a year after they've left say we are taking all the kids from Grace Field House and we're shipping them all today. Force them oh. into a timeline where they don't have like, like that's the problem, right? They had so much time to create these like plans to formulate these drugs, to make these bombs. Like, yeah, like, it feels like, yeah, with a year, we could probably take them on too. But imagine if they're like a week into their, their escape, they're like, oh yeah, we're going to ship all the kids from Gracefield House. Exactly. And then they have to come back immediately and literally come back to a trap. Right. But they know that. And then uh, just another problem I had, where the fuck did they get all the materials from to make a hot air balloon army? Thank you. Thank you. It's like, what is, like, I thought we were struggling to survive over here. I think that's part of the time skip. Like, do we know really how much time that they, in that, in that span, right? When they made that plan up and then kind of constructed it. How long was that? It was literally the, the next day because they had just blown up that town and they're like, right. oh, they're going to know for sure now. So th- there was no time skip. They literally just had night. How the, f- I, I just, in my brain, I'm like, yeah, it must be a time skip. How else could they fucking have made this well, work? Well, the only thing I could think, and this is just pure like, Trying to do head cannon, yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, just trying to help out the author here, yeah, or director, or whatever. Is that maybe that was their original plan to go bomb the different demon cities? So they had gotcha. already made those, yeah. But like to me, that's a little tough to like get behind. Yeah, I feel that. But yeah, the, but if not that, then what else? Right, right. Like, yeah, what else could it be? Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's just disappointing, man. All like, it was all in all, yeah. every piece of it. After episode four, and then maybe before episode ten was disappointing as hell. I just didn't know what they were trying to go for here. Like they they seem to have the author, the director, or whatever, uh, whoever decided that this is the way the story is going to go. It just seemed as though they had a really good game going, and then they decided to switch up what their main core tenant was. It's no longer or, surviving in a hopeless situation. It is kind of like actual societal warfare these kids are waging or it feels like they condensed 
three seasons into one. Yeah. But yeah. most of it was all like episode seven to 11 was where all the con- condensation was. Yeah. And that's why it felt so like, I guess, lackluster and so unsatisfying. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then like, there's obviously a time skip at the end, which they don't really give us much context for because they show Phil as like a freaking adult almost coming yeah. up. Yeah. Which, by the way, our main character finally came back in the story. Phil, yeah. a constant god throughout the this true, entire thing. The true biggest brain of them all. And I will and... say, in terms of characters, still hated Gilda, if not more, this season. Because she like took yeah. on this mom role and started like constantly complaining to Ray and uh, Emma, Emma every time em- they did anything. God. It's like, all right. Don't push yourself. We're literally in a demon world. There's no other choice yeah. but to push. And then Don was just being a beast. Like Don, he, actually, well, okay. he was not a crybaby all season. No, good. He yeah, he, was he got ups, man. He's good to go. Um, Don, new fave. Yeah. Well, besides Phil, let's not of get it twisted. I mean, Phil is the main character. He's the main character of the story. Um, but yeah, we gotta do it to him, man. What about yeah. Isabella? I I knew she was gonna yeah, pull some shit. I knew she was gonna pull that shit. I because I think it was too symbolic at the end of last season. Her just being like, "Go, kids!" Right, right, right. To, for her to like then actually turn on them at the end, I knew that wasn't gonna happen. It can't. Be. It was almost too telegraphed. Well, yeah, and I mean, it, it was. That's what it was. That basically they everything that was telegraphable, like Norman's return, Isabella's twist, like. That was so set up that they almost just had like almost like a checklist of stuff they had to do this season. But I will say the dumb thing. Yeah. There was a grandma previous to her. Yes. What the fuck happened to her? Did I she die know. in that year? Just I, maybe. She's old? Maybe. Like, it was just dumb. She was, uh, you know, let go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like explain those things. Like why? Why just like have the next time you see Isabella, she's grandma Isabella. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. I'm. 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 Struggling to find a number for this this season, man. It's pretty low for me. I, I got a number. We got a number? I do. I'm going to go ahead and say 72 out of 100 lacking shoe Sakugas. There's no shoe Sakuga in this one. What the fuck? They did a couple. Uh, Sashuga? Come on. They did a couple. Shoes. They did a couple. A couple shoe shots. But I wanted more shoe shots. Yeah. That's what they're known for. Great storytelling. Great art. And shoe shots. Right. That's what I wanted. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 72. I mean, there were a lot of problems. I wouldn't go any lower than a 70. Still very high quality, all things considered. All things considered. Um, but yeah, I'd say 72. Considering how like mid-90s the season one is, it's it's still in the same show. They, they can still call this back. But season two is the low point. I got to go 72. I'm going 67. Ah. And it's, it's like... <laughs> I don't know if I could drop it below a 70. I mean, you you state your case, but I, mean, I don't think this was a 70 show. Gotcha. I didn't get any of the like catharsis I was looking for. I got zero catharsis from this. Yeah. I was uh, yeah. completely unsatisfied. I was thinking about that too. Is that because we're just more seasoned? But it can't be, right? Because I remember I was on the edge of my couch oh, the yeah. entire first season. And the second season, I'm like, lounging. Like, it was okay. hard to finish the show. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Yeah. It was tough. And then I'm under the impression now that this is it. Like, this felt like a very finite ending. Yeah, there's definitely way more. But I don't know if they're doing a season. They might be doing a season three. I'll, I'd have to go check. But um, if well, it ends here, I could see that. What I didn't, what I don't know, though, is is the way more that entire period where they just showed, like, flashes of them, like, I guess conquering the demon world and taking the king down or whatever right having uh, mujica be the the queen queen like yeah i didn't know if that was what was supposed to happen in the latter chapters or whatever mm-hmm. or if now that they're on the human world somebody's gonna pull them back or, or like like which would be okay for me yeah. like if this isn't it i'm okay with that i want to see what happens but I wouldn't say I'm necessarily super excited to see that. That's and that's I think that's the most disappointing thing of all because at the end of season one I was frothing at the mouth for season oh, two. Oh yeah. Now, eh, eh, season three comes out. Yeah, I guess I'll I'll wait and binge it. Yeah, it's it's not. It, put it this way, it wouldn't be a weekly thing for me. Like I wouldn't right. be edge of my seat waiting for that like I was last time. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's. There's still a lot of promise, I think. They, they, they can pull this <laughs> There's back. There's a lot of promise. It, that, 
That is a promise in this Neverland. It's definitely a promise. But I I want to see them pull it back because I would really hate for this to go out with a whimper. Um, this IP to go out with a whimper like that because it'd be yeah be kind of sad. But um, so I recommend. I mean, y'all go see it for yourself. I mean, the internet's hot on it right now. There's a lot of people kind of disappointed. There are people that did enjoy it, and I'm, and it's not it's not a lost cause. It's worth your time, but make for yourself, you know, decisions whether or not you think this is. It holds up to the. I would say if this was just on its own, this would be like um maybe a mid seventy show. But the problem is when you drop so heavily from like a ninety five to this. Yeah, that's why I dipped it below seventy. I, I would say I I can agree with and that. And then probably the absolute lack of like answering my questions or making me feel good about it. Yeah, I want to feel good. I want to feel entertained. This, right. It was it was black. It was just yeah. I don't know. I know it sounded like I'm really shitting on it, and I still gave it a 72. But I mean, I, it, like, there was some moments, some sparks of feeling, and in, in the beginning, but then it just kind of, yeah, went went away. So I mean, oh man, we gotta watch a good show too. I feel like we've had a string of like 60s, 70s in the last couple of episodes. I mean, our Mugen Train one wasn't too long. Mugen ago. Train was pretty fucking dope. You're right. You're very right. Okay, fine. Thanks, y'all coming to class uh if you want to see us on youtube hello uh we did not film it in time lapse this time so full transparency this should this should be up uh make sure to like comment and subscribe um all the links are in the description if you want to give us some monetary love only if you can patreon.com slash one dollar up gets you into the discord three dollars and up gets you the syllabus sidebar our lo-fi high vibe sometimes anime sometimes not sometimes visual sideshow where we talk about life and shit we've been doing some geoguesser lately got a tier list up there now too oh oh yeah oh it's a spicy spicy takes while i eat very spicy ramen um <laughs> yeah, definitely True. in the middle yeah every time i took a hot take i'm like well fuck gotta get me some of that ramen then <laughs> <laughs> oh buddy i think that's all we got um yeah i want to go home and watch castlevania because that dropped this this past weekend yeah so uh, i guess look forward to an episode of that at some point that'll be that'll be soon but until we get our vampire rocks off i'm ricky <laughs> and i'm ethan and this has been weebology deuces, deuces. I, I came out vampire rocks i, yeah. I, I, I had nothing else in the brain <laughs>